Jesus said, I came that they may have life and may have it abundantly. What a powerful sentence. Life abundant. But what does that mean? What does that look like? What does it look like for us in the 21st century, living here in Ridgefield, Connecticut, or one of the surrounding towns? What does living abundantly look like? You may have noticed that this gospel lesson is paired up with the 23rd Psalm in our reading today. This theme of God as shepherd, coming among God's people, guiding them and leading them into a life of fullness, beside the still waters, setting a table in the wilderness, even among one's one's enemies, sustaining one, anointing the head with oil, filling the cup so full that it actually runs over. That sounds like abundant life. What does it look like? I'm reminded of a story that Kathleen told about her experience of realizing what the abundant life in Christ looks like. Kathleen was newly married and was delighted to learn that she was expecting their first child. That occupied her sense of awareness and of who she was. And then bad news came early on in the pregnancy. She learned that the baby had died. But not having a miscarriage, she was told that she had a rare disease, something that put her in a small percentage of people and that in order to be restored to full health, she would need to carry the stillborn child for six months. The awareness of that struck her profoundly. The grief of what that could look like was more than she could bear, and even with the consolation of her husband, she fell into a state of self-pity and brooding. Shortly after the end of that six months, she was invited to go with her diocesan youth group on a mission trip. Now, this mission group had been preparing for their trip to Honduras for already two years. They'd been collecting things as they'd been anticipating it and praying about their trip, but she had been invited just two days prior to going. She wasn't sure that she was well-equipped. She hadn't prayed in a long time. And she said if God was talking to her, she wasn't in the mood to listen. But with this invitation, she decided to go, to take her heartache, which is all that she had, but also her desire to turn her gaze outward and to focus on serving others. And so they went to Honduras. And there they were in this tropical area in June, in the capital city, walking along a road, and they came upon the shack of Esperanza. Now, Esperanza lived in this shack that was down this narrow, steep dirt road with her daughter and her daughter's children. And Esperanza welcomed them in and invited them to take their seat on the dusty floor as she tended to some food on the wood fire stove. Esperanza told them of her own journey through her health, 
her pain and her sickness and the delirium that accompanied it. And then she told them of a miracle, that she had died and then had come back to life. Esperanza told them that it was through the prayers of her faith community that this miracle came about. Esperanza went on to talk about her daughter who was standing in the doorway, witnessing this retelling again of God's miracle in her mother's life, nodding in affirmation of what had taken place. And Esperanza drew her guest's attention to her daughter and the tragedy that had befallen her, that while her daughter was out collecting wood, the walk that she had to take to collect that wood, she had been attacked and raped on that road even while she herself was pregnant with her own daughter. Kathleen was overwhelmed by the suffering, the vulnerability that was inherent in their poverty. And so she offered to pray. She collected some words to offer in prayer, asking God to relieve them of their fear and their pain and their hunger. And as she concluded her prayer, Esperanza indicated that she would like to also pray. And she took her hands and she put them over her face. And she did this cry that Kathleen describes she will never forget. It seemed to come from the very base of who Esperanza was. But the words surprised Kathleen because Esperanza prayed thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving to God for being there with them in the midst of it all. Maybe that's what life abundant looks like. That even in the midst of the pain and suffering of this world, we can know the consolation of God's love. Isn't that what Psalm 23 talks about? Having a table set in the midst of one's enemies being fed and satisfied, having one's cup poured so fully that it overflows. Isn't that what abundance is? Perhaps it is. But what does that mean for us? We don't live the life of Esperanza. We don't know that kind of suffering. We don't know that poverty and all that comes with it. So does this scripture have anything to say to us? People who have high schoolers know that May is a busy time of year. Final grades are coming due. Finals are to be prepared for. Projects have to be turned in. Those who are in the upper grades of high school are faced with actions and decisions that will affect all the days of the rest of their lives. So it can be burdensome to consider what is the task before us. What does God's abundant life look like for them? What would you say God's abundant life looks like for those that are burdened with achievement, with aspirations, with their own hopes and fears. How would you describe the abundant love of God to a teenager? 
I think that it's this, that God loves each of us. As we are, here and now, and does not abandon us to our fears, does not abandon us to the circumstances that surround us, does not leave us there to figure it out on our own, but instead comes alongside of us and guides us through it. Even when it's the valley of the shadow of death, the valley of the shadow of death, hear those words together. How can anyone walk through that and survive? Yet Jesus reminds us of God's provisions for each of us. And we are invited to trust him and to believe in the promises he offers us here and now. How is it that we come and sit in the midst of God to hear God's love for us as we are in our own humanity? How is it that we come and sit and receive that good news through word and sacrament in the midst of this place? To remember that, yes, God has come. In Christ's resurrection, we are invited into life abundant. It's difficult to believe, isn't it? Could it really be true? Folks, if there's any sermon I want to preach, it's this one. It's really the only one there is. This is the good news summed up. That God loves you. Each of you. That God loves me little old me. God loves us as we are, not as God or you imagine yourself to be, not as you know in your weakness you are. In all of it, God loves you. When we internalize this truth, it flows out of us, and it becomes good news to the world. And so as we proclaim our alleluias, we say it out loud so that we can hear ourselves say it out loud. Yes, the Lord is risen. And because of that, we have new life. Life abundantly. Amen.